Welcome to the Conscious Living Podcast, conversations to educate, empower, and enlighten our world. An uplifting and inspiring series of conversations and talks with your host, Jackie Woodside. We are educating minds, empowering lives, and enlightening souls to create a world where love prevails. In this engaging podcast, we deliver exciting, positive, transformative talks and teachings designed to elevate your life. Now, let's join our host, Jackie Woodside, for this week's session. Hello, everyone, and welcome today to the Conscious Living Podcast, where we seek to educate, empower, and enlighten our world. I am Jackie Woodside, your host every week here uh, on the Conscious Living Podcast. And today I'm so excited to have with me a dear friend and colleague who I had the opportunity to work with a year ago. And you know how much happens over the course of a year that you know, how is it that one person could just stick in my mind over the course of that year? And I was so excited to feature her today on the Conscious Living Podcast. Brisa Alfaro is a speaker and author and a coach. She's a well-known uh, keynote inspirational speaker. And when I say inspirational speaker, I don't mean that lightly. Brisa has had an extraordinary journey in her young life that is a unique experience with uh, what I feel to be a universal message. And I'm going to invite her today, welcome her to the Conscious Living Podcast and invite her to fill that out a little bit by say a little bit more about yourself, Brisa, and what story it is that I'm talking about. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So great to have you here. Okay. I'm so excited. First of all, Jackie, the last time we were on um, screen together, I was so impressed by everything you were saying. Uh, I, I needed to hear it as well. So thank you for that. And thank you for having me back. So great. Yeah, it's great to work with you again. Thank you. So before I go into my story, I uh, have to tell you a little bit about who I was before. Yeah. And uh so before I was, I was just a regular 32 year old girl working in the beauty industry. I, uh, I live, I love life. I lived it to the fullest. I was very successful in my industry. I was featured in magazines. I traveled, I worked on celebrities. Um, I was actually supposed to be on stage, um, I, I was on stage often, but before all of this happened, I was supposed to be on stage the very next day. And uh, I honestly thought that I was at the top of my game in my industry. I was doing well, um, more than I ever thought that I could do. I mean, having coming home, telling my family that I was working on celebrities and working New York Fashion Week and all of these things, I just never thought that this little hometown girl could ever experience that. Super exciting. Wow. Congratulations on that success. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. It was, it was an amazing time. Um, and, you know, when you're on that high, you never expect right. that the rug is going to be pulled from under you. Right. So you never me. expect that yeah. you're going to, you know, take steps backwards in your, in your life, because you're going, you're, you're, you're making it, you're doing yeah. so much. Yeah. And it's hard to even imagine that 
something could derail you. Right. Like losing it all in a flash. In a flash. Yeah. You know, Brisa, that's why I think your story is so uh, important because we all go through lives kind of like feeling like and thinking like we've got it all handled. Like, like you felt like I'm on top of my game, things are going well, which is great. I mean, psychologically, we can't walk around like, you know, afraid and worried that the rug's going to pull, be pulled up from under us all the time. But your story is so universal of, you know, being on top and then losing it all and having to decide at that loss who you were going to be and how you were going to respond. So Go ahead and say a little bit more about what happened. So, yeah, you're right. I You just don't ever expect it. You, you're you not ready for it when something like that does happen. And I was not ready for it because of the life that I was living and all the things I had to do. And I didn't, honestly, I didn't think I had time for anything like that to happen to me. Right. But, right. I don't have time for this. No, I don't. I didn't have time for it, but the universe had a different plan for me. And I ended up inside of a New York city hospital with a less than 1% chance to survive. Wow. I didn't understand it at the time what that meant, but going back, I ended up in the hospital. I didn't know what was going on. I knew everybody was speaking around me. They were uh, speaking about me. Uh, my doctors were saying, you know, Risa, she's, this is happening. And um, is she allergic to any medicine and all this? And I'm like, what's going on? Could what's you understand on? what was being said? Could you understand the language, the words? Yeah. You, you yes, could. I just, okay. I just didn't understand why they were making a big fuss. Um, because I was at the hospital for a symptom that was unrelated to what was about to happen to me. So I was regular, you know, checkup. It was nothing big. And then all of a sudden I've got doctors and nurses all around me and all of them are speaking to each other, but not to me. And I thought that was very odd. They would ask questions. I would answer. They wouldn't respond. I didn't understand that. So it was very frustrating because I was trying and no one was listening. Mm. And I know that happens often in our lives, right? Try and try and try to talk and make your voice heard and no one listens. And that's exactly what was happening to me. However, it was because I already had my stroke. So the kind of stroke that I survived was the kind of stroke that, Locked-in syndrome is what I had. Oh. I survived locked-in syndrome. It's it's less than five cases per year worldwide. Oh my gosh! It was very. It was a very dark time in my life. Wait, so I, you thought you were talking. You thought you were speaking, but you actually were not. I was not. I was locked in my body. Yeah. So most people <laughs> that survive strokes it affects a certain side of their body, left or right. Mine yeah. happened in the middle and it happened in my my pons where I developed that locked-in syndrome. Wow. So I didn't know everything was coming in, but I couldn't express that it was coming in. So I was essentially locked in my body. So well, all those doctors and nurses and everybody's talking around me and they're, they're 
not hearing me. Well, they weren't hearing me because I wasn't speaking. Wow. So I was already locked in what, um, in my body, which was physically, I looked fine, right? Physically, I felt inside, I felt fine. Wow. I felt like I was okay. Why are they, why is this happening to me? So I just didn't understand. It was just that connection that was, I, I lost. And shortly after my family was called, I ended up in this state for a while. My family, one by one, they all started showing up. They would cry over my bed at first. And, and uh, it was very difficult for me not to be able to speak to them right. and tell my mom, mom, I'll be okay. I'm okay. I can hear you. So I'm you okay. could see them and hear them, but you could not them, communicate. hear them, but I could not. Speak. Could you blink your eyes, move a finger? Could you? In the beginning, I could not blink my eyes. I couldn't even open them. Um, open I could them. hear okay. them. And if I did okay. open my eyes, I didn't have connection. So they would just kind of dart around. Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't connect the person that was speaking. Right. So they didn't really feel like you were there because right. you weren't really looking at them. Right. Yeah. So during that time, my doctors came in and told my family that, that they should start preparing and start sending the rest of my family to come say goodbye to me. And they didn't really have high hopes uh, for what was going to come next. And so they were preparing my family and. And you could hear yeah. that. You could yeah. hear that. And do you remember like when you heard that, do you remember what you were thinking? It was very frustrating. It was very frustrating hearing that your daughter has a less than 1% chance to recover. Uh, your daughter is, she's got locked in syndrome, locked in syndrome. There's less than five cases per year worldwide. Wow. Um, the odds of her recovering are very slim. And if she does uh, survive this moment, her way of life is not, is, is going to be very difficult if there is any at all. And hearing those words was very frustrating because I didn't feel that that right. was, right. that was, that should be my, my destiny. Right. I felt like I needed and wanted more. So I was in all essence locked in my body and all, and I mean, every thought, every emotion, every, everything was just locked in my body. My mom being the very stubborn Latin woman that she is, she did not believe it. And she did not. She said, no, we're going to do whatever we can. Right. And like every parent would, right? But my mom did things that were unconventional. So even though I was locked in my body, even though I had no movement, even though I was just laying a body laying in a bed, she did not see that. She saw her daughter. And what she did for me was try to remind me of reasons why I needed to keep going. Sometimes that's all we need in life. Right. Just need to be reminded, awakened, if you will, just reminded. Why do you need to fight? Why do you need to keep going? And my mom did that. She played books and audios, um, audio books for me. One of the audiobooks was The Secret. I don't know if you know yeah. The Secret. The Secret focuses on the law of attraction. Right. And whatever you focus on grows. And I needed this to grow. I needed to be able to 
be okay again and live my life again. And I'm listening to that book and I'm hanging on every word. And one of the uh, speakers was Lisa Nichols. She was the author and the speaker in Secret. She has her own books now. Um, She's amazing. But she, I heard the voice, her voice. And she said, the first step is to ask, make a command to the universe. Let the universe know what you want because the universe responds to your thoughts, to your thoughts. Thoughts were all I had. Thoughts were all you had, right? You couldn't move. You couldn't speak, but you could think. I could think. And if the universe responds to my thoughts, well, then I'm going to think correctly. And I stopped thinking of the negative outcomes. I stopped thinking of the what ifs. I stopped thinking of the the statistics or the odds. None of that mattered to me. All I thought about was what I wanted. What did I want? I wanted complete healing. I wanted to live my life again. I focused on my goals and I let nothing else come in my mind. So great. And I think that mindset. Yeah was what saved my life. Yeah. Well, just to fit in the theme of this podcast, you became uber conscious of how you were using your thoughts, right? In some ways you were being fed thoughts around you as we all are. We are constantly being fed with other people's ideas of the way life is. So you were being fed other people's thoughts about your reality and you had to consciously choose how you were going to think. And Lisa Nichols' message to you uh, about choosing how you think, uh, using your mind to connect with life itself, what we call the universe or life itself, as as you said, it saved your life. Like if that hadn't have happened, you would have still been in this kind of mystical, what's happening to me place. So- I think that's what a lot of us do. We we focus on, on, the things, the outer things that are happening in our lives. Yeah. And we don't realize that it's honestly, it's within us. We, we worry about the circumstances. We sometimes worry about them before they even happen. Yeah. And, and then that as a result keeps us from growing. And so when I stopped worrying about what it looked like, I started moving forward. Yeah. When I stopped worrying about how messy this looks and just keep going, that's when everything started straightening up. Mm-hmm. And so I was in this state of like complete abundance. Like I knew, like I knew, like I knew, like I knew I was going to be okay. Wow. And there was nothing that you could tell me. I could hear the doctors talk about my odds I could hear the nurses talk about you know my state I could hear my family upset about what was really going on I could hear all of these things and yet I still was I had a one-track mind I knew I was going to be okay I'm going to be okay yeah I knew it and so all I was focused on was I'm going to need to show my family a sign that I am working on it that I am consciously working on making a difference. And 
when my, when, when I would try and try and it wouldn't be noticed, I would try again and it wouldn't be noticed. And one day my mother noticed I flickered my pinky. Wow. And that sent the room, like my mom, everybody that was around, they were so excited. Right. Was that the first time you had actually physically moved your body? I would move often, but those movements were often said, uh, those movements were involuntary. Involuntary movements. Yeah. 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 So this time I was consciously moving. I was consciously moving my pinky. And I wanted her to see. And how did they know the difference? How did they know I didn't that was, know it was my pinky? I was trying to open my hand. You were trying to open your hand. Yeah. And how did they know that was a voluntary versus an involuntary movement? I believe my mom always thought every movement was voluntary. Was voluntary. Yeah. 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 And so she ran and tell, told the doctors, my daughter's moving. She's moving. And they would say, well, I don't know. And she's like, she's moving on command. I know she's moving. Like we're asking her to keep opening her hand. She's doing it. And they would say, ma'am, I know you want to believe it. Wow. Oh, that she must have been furious. Yes. And I mean, how many times has it happened to us? Right. In general, when we try and try and try and someone just takes it down and says, no, that's just not the way it is. Right. Right. And, and And very easily. My mom could have walked back in the room with her tail between her legs right. and said, they're not right. They're, they're right. They're the experts. experts. They know better. They, but yeah. she didn't. But she didn't. And that's I That's amazing. So I was not ready to give up because she wasn't ready to give up. And right. so sometimes yeah. that's all we need is a little push. And so the doctors came in the room and said, okay, Brisa. And I heard them. Okay, Brisa, your, your mother says that you're moving. Show us a sign that you are consciously in your body. And I remember it like an energy beam coming from my brain, trying to make it through this barricade. Right. And it was stuck. It was similar to when your computer is loading and you get that little circle. Yeah, the beach ball. It was just loading and loading. I'm like, come on, you can do it. Get get through, you can do it. Get through, get through made it through all the way down to my arm when it got to my hand again it was loading loading one of the doctors says she's not doing it and just in that moment i started to believe him i started to think maybe maybe i can't do it maybe i can't do it maybe he's right I realize that people are going to intentionally or unintentionally step on your dreams. Yeah. And you may be working so hard to make a difference and someone will come in and not notice the work that you've been putting in. Right. And that's what happened in that moment. But I needed to gather my courage, my everything that I had inside of me. Everything, all of the hope and prayers and everything that everybody else had been doing around me. And and for myself, I needed to gather that. I needed to gather that energy to be able to show them the sign that I was in my body. And in that moment, 
I was able to flicker my pinky again. Wow. I made Did the another doctor see move. It? Did the doctor see it? And the doctor saw it. The whole world, okay. the whole, not world, the whole room erupted. And they were so excited. They're like, oh my God, she is in her body. She, she did it on command. I did it a few more times. And after that began my recovery. Now I was no longer given a sentence. Right. Now, how long was that? Was that a few days or a few weeks? What between the stroke and the the pinky? A few weeks. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And now I was able to focus on my recovery. Now I was, I was, I was going from not having a recovery to actually recovering. Right. So I knew it was going to be a long journey, but I knew that it was going to happen with pinky moves. All I got to do is just keep flickering my pinky. Just keep doing that. And I did. I was able to move my arm. Then the next thing that came back was my complete right side i was able to move my leg and later months later i was able to move my left side of my body everything Mm -hmm. came back i mean months and months and months of recovery um but eventually i was able to to sit up in a wheelchair and i remember going back to my doctors asking them doc when am i going to walk again and my doctor would say breeze that you are amazing the things that you have accomplished it's amazing yeah and it doesn't happen to everyone and you should be grateful for where you're at right now wow so again just setting those limitations before you and i said doc i want to walk again right of course we always have, we will hit a level. We want to do the next. Yeah. Right. Sometimes we want a little more. That doesn't make us selfish. Well, that's what we're here for. We're here for that kind of growth and expansion. Yes. You you had already attained the unattainable and achieved the unachievable. So why stop there? Oh, sure. I'm going to recover just so I can spend the rest of my life in a wheelchair. Not that that's a bad existence. Lots of people live that way, but if you knew that you could make your body do, you know, if you could will yourself through energy and intention and mind control to recover fully, why not? Well, I saw this as another challenge, right? Just as I did before. Right. So now I thought, okay, I have to be happy with what I have. I am happy. I am completely happy. However, I want more. However, I know I deserve more and I will receive more. And I remember making it my goal. I didn't tell him, but I just made it my goal. I will make this. I will do this. I will walk again. The next time I came in, I was in a walker and I said, look, I'm walking and I said, but I can't wait to walk without this walker. And he would say the same thing, Brisa. No, again? This is amazing. You have to realize what you went through. This is amazing. I said, Doc, I don't, I don't disagree. This is amazing. Yeah, yeah. And I am very grateful. Yeah. And I want more. The last time I started walking with a walker, walking with a cane, then I was walking unassisted. Wow. Then I walked into my next doctor's appointment and he said, 
you're walking unassisted. Yes, I'm walking unassisted. And not only that, I didn't even need to make this appointment. I just wanted to let you know, last weekend, I ran a 5K. Wow. So I think sometimes we need wow. to make those goals for ourselves. Yeah. Not for other people, not to yeah. spite other people, but to do it for ourselves. Yes. We really need to do it for ourselves. I mean, I believe that that moment that I had with my doctor, maybe next time he'll think about his verbiage a little right. bit better when he speaks to his next patient about what they can wow. and cannot achieve. I mean, how did they make sense of it? What did the medical establishment say about your recovery? What, what did they say? How did they make sense of it? They still don't understand. They still don't understand why I've recovered to the degree that I have. And did you tell them like about hearing the, 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 uh, the, what your mom was playing, the audiobooks and hearing their voices? Did you tell them that? Yes, you but did. the medical industry, um, they're very uh, factual. And I know that they also believe in, in uh, conscious healing, but I don't think that it's spoke about often in the medical industry. Right. And I, of course, I'm going to let them know that everything that they did for me, I appreciate and I need it and I am grateful for it. Yeah. However, it takes two to tango. Right. I needed to do the work myself. Right. It wasn't just their work. Right. I needed to put in the work myself. And I mean, it's just like I was telling you earlier, I, I was in a podcast for real estate and I thought, well, what does my story have anything to do with real estate? Well, again, going back to, um, it's, it takes two to tango. I mean, they, you're, you could be a real estate agent and all of your, you know, your brokers and everything is laid out for you and you got to, but you got to go out there. Yeah. You've got to be, you the one have to do it. the work. Yeah. They can yeah. give you the tools, but yeah. you have to do the work. Yeah. It's what and I love about your story. It's such a universal message. You know, no matter what condition you are in, get clear on what you want, believe it, and then focus your energy, attention, and actions there. Like it is such a universal message. And when you do that, you can literally live in the domain of miracles. When you get clear on what you want, when you believe it and hold it in high vibration, high intensity, focus on it, take action. Even if it's just a pinky move. That's all you need. And just keep doing that over and over and over. I did that through my whole recovery. I'm doing that in my career now. Yeah. I mean, I could use my limitations as a stroke survivor, having a brain injury, not, you know, I, I, I choose not to focus on my deficits because now my deficits are invisible. And physically yeah. speaking, I don't have any deficits, but I right. do in my brain. I still have <clears throat> struggles. I choose not to focus on them right. because I don't want it to define me. Yeah. I know that I am meant for more. And so I'll keep going and keep, even if I don't get it. I mean, this podcast alone, usually I have someone here helping me set everything up and the timing just didn't work out for me this morning. So I did it on my own. And you that is not it. something 
that I normally do. So the fact that I did, I am going to celebrate it. And I think that's something that we don't do enough. We don't celebrate our accomplishments. It's always, it's always like, yes, I did that, but yes, I did that. But I mean, you even going back to complimenting a woman, you compliment, you, you look beautiful. Oh, this whole thing. And right. immediately, uh, oh, I'm having a bad hair day or whatever. Right. Take your compliment. <clears throat> I think, I don't think we celebrate ourselves yeah. enough. Yeah, yeah. And I believe that if we started to do that, we right. would receive more of it. Yes, absolutely. Because we're telling our mind, you did it. You're having a little party in your mind. Yeah. You did it now more. Now more, you want that feeling again. Yes. So you're going to keep striving for more. That's joy, right? You know, setting out a goal that you don't think you can accomplish, going out after it, getting it done uh, and recognizing I did that to me, that's, that is a joyful experience of doing something that you did not believe you could do. There's such strength. Yeah. There's such strength in that. There is. So how long was it between the stroke and when you'd say you were, if you will quote, fully recovered? And I know you still are a brain injury survivor for sure. But, you know, how long was it, would you say? For my whole recovery? Yeah. So I am going on eight years now. Okay. I wouldn't say that I'm fully recovered. Yep. Um, Physically? Yes. Yep. 100%. I'm physically recovered. Um, however, there's a lot of other things that I deal with. I mean, I've, I've had several surgeries on my airways, um, because I was trached. You were trained. I was having surgeries once a year and, um, I am now at the point where I am a year, almost two years. So I was getting them done every six months. Wow. if it was every six months and then it was every nine months and then I'd go back to six months. So it was, wow. it was a, um, a challenge yeah. that I had to go through, yeah. but in every surgery, I knew I was going to be okay. So I, knew, I think that's important. Yeah. I think that's yeah. important to give yourself no other option. Mm. And, uh, believe it. I mean, I think we limit ourselves and we believe that because of X, Y, Z, I won't be able to do whatever it is. Right. So me becoming an international best-selling author, me becoming a, a, a speaker speaking on platforms all over the world. Yeah. Me, I would, before I would think that's not for me, that's for other people. Right. But I have to realize, like, I do deserve it. Yeah. I do. I do love myself enough to believe that I deserve it. So beautiful. And I think all of us feel we get to a certain point in our careers or our lives or, you know, as growth as parents or whatever it is, we think we feel like, well, I've done the best that I could. And at that point, we stop celebrating. Yeah. And I think it's important that we continue to celebrate that you 
you have been doing the best that you can. Yeah. And as a result, you will be attracting more. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Keep celebrating and keep striving because it is in setting the next goal. You know, I, I really just so believe that's our purpose. And the other thing I want to highlight, Brisa, of what you're saying is that, you know, accomplishing big things takes time. It does. You know, you're eight years post-stroke, you know, certainly you're back functioning, making a huge difference, writing books, speaking on stages, traveling the world. <clears throat> it takes time. It does. That didn't happen overnight. And you had to decide when life gave you a stroke and incapacity and locked in syndrome, you had to consciously decide how you were going to live. And that is the question before each and every one of us today. How are we going to live? So Brisa, I know people are going to want to track you down and follow you and maybe have a conversation with you about your work. Where can people find you and, and get in touch with you or follow you? Well, you can go to brisalfaro.com. You can uh, connect to all of my social media right there. From through there. Nice. Um, from brisalfaro.com. And also, um, if you, I've been talking about pinky moves a lot. And if you ever want to be reminded what a pinky move is, and I have a free gift there for you, for your listeners too, they can go to pinkymoves.com. Nice. And what's the title of your book? I see it over your shoulder. Limitless. Limitless. Right, right, right. Exactly. Okay, great. Thank you so, so much for being with us. I just, I feel inspired. I feel lifted up. Uh, I feel like I'm more from having shared this time with you. And, and I know all of our listeners feel the same way. So thank you so much, Brisa, for being with us today on the Conscious Living Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely.